Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skin off goal. Look at that pass. Haydock! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Bean United. This is a thing of genius. Welcome in. Happy Christmas Eve Eve to you. Well, depending on when you're listening to it. I am Bone. There's no beam today. Uh, he, we, we had, I think this is the fourth podcast we've done this week. There's only five days in most work weeks, so... Uh, we did our Champions League preview, if you missed that, or not preview, review show. Go listen to that. It was a lot of fun. We did that yesterday. Um, but if you are a crew fan who just wants to hear some talk about the Columbus crew as the season is about to start, well, good news. We're going to give you a little bit of uh, conversation in depth talking about the team. So later on in this episode, we will talk to one of the new additions for the Columbus crew. Spoke with Vito Wormhor earlier this week. And he's going to help kind of talk to us about what it's like coming over to Columbus, why he chose to come here. Some really interesting answers there just about the new training facility that was unveiled this week. Uh, some of his thoughts on coming from Europe and playing over here, the conceptions about uh, the U.S. and uh, playing in MLS. So very good stuff. I'm excited to let you all hear that. That'll happen in just a few minutes. But first, let's talk about the crew. Let's talk about what the expectations are for this team this year. Uh, if you listen to our MLS Cup preview or MLS previews that we did earlier this week, we went through the Eastern Conference. I look at the Eastern Conference as being pretty wide open. New York City FC, who the crew play on Sunday in the opener, is not, I would say, the ideal opponent you would pick for a team that's trying to integrate a bunch of new pieces, right? New York City FC pretty much has been together. They've done that. They are one of the best teams in the league. They haven't really lost anybody They've got the continuity. They've got the chemistry. They know how to do it. They have a new manager, but other than that, everything is pretty much the same as last year, and that was a pretty dominant team last year. So the crew are going to have their work cut out for them on Sunday, despite what I think is a, a very talented roster. But this team plays New York City FC to start the season. Then they go to Seattle. Then I believe they're back for Real Salt Lake. Who I don't think Real Salt Lake is going to be as good as they were last year, but they were the third or fourth seed in the playoffs in the West last year. So you're you're looking at teams that defending Cup champion NYCFC is going to be in the mix for you know potential MLS Cup picks all year long, and then a playoff team from last year. It's a start. It's a rough start to the season, is what I'm saying. It's a rough three games to kind of get your feet in. But here's the other good news. Those. That level of competition is the level the crew need to eventually get to. So I think it'll be a good measuring stick for these guys to be also able to see, all right, here's who we've got to go up against. These are the types of teams we're going to have to beat if we want to be an MLS Cup contender, if we want to go out there and be a supporter shield contender in years to come. These are the teams you're going to have to be able to routinely get it done against. So good start in that regard. I'm excited to watch this season unfold. Now let's talk about some of the new additions for the team. Uh, let's talk about what we think this team's going to be. Lucas Zellerion is the story that I think everyone has heard, and I talked a bit about this on the Eastern Conference uh, preview podcast, but I'll reiterate it here. I'm not going to be freaking out 
if through the first five or ten games of the year, Lucas Zellerion has maybe a goal or two, maybe an assist or two, but he hasn't, you know, he hasn't fully developed into this monster that's just tearing up MLS and he's a best 11 can candidate and he's one of the premier pieces in MLS. It takes some time for guys to acclimate. I mean, look last year at Atlanta. PT Martinez is one of the best players in this hemisphere, the Western hemisphere coming over from River Plate in Argentina where he was dominant. And he comes to Atlanta, which was a pretty dominant team and in its own right had plenty of good pieces around him. And last year he was way underperforming what people thought he would. And he has said that himself, that he thinks what he did last year was a disappointment. It takes time for guys to come in and immediately just dominate this league. So if that's what your perception is, that if Lucas Zellerion comes in in 10 games and doesn't have five goals and five assists, well, then he's a bust. No, that that's stupid. It's going to take him a whole year probably to really get it going, at least from a consistent standpoint. I'll be honest, <laughs> this is how my stupid brain works. I'd actually be a little concerned if he just rolled in and bagged three goals in the first game because that might set him up for failure <laughs> to think, oh, yeah, I am going to be one of the best players in the league. As much as I'd love to see him score a hat trick in the first game, I would like him to be able to score consistently and to see what this league is and to measure it and to then really take its temperature and then defeat it. That's what I'm hoping for. And I think Caleb Porter has talked about how high he is on Lucas Zellerion. I am too. I think he's got an amazing skill set, one that we have really never seen in Columbus to the level that he brings it. Obviously, there have been players who are really good in the time period of MLS they were in, but a guy like him who can get his shot off under almost all pressure, he can break down guys on the dribble. Uh, yeah, he's 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 the total package for me at the 10 shirt. I'm, I'm excited for what he can bring. I'm just saying, if you're a fan who is looking for him to come in immediately and dominate, I'm not so sure that's what's going to happen. I'm guessing it's going to take a little bit of time, but that's okay. It's a long season, and that's patience is a virtue when it comes to watching these teams and figuring out what they're going to do. Um, the guy that I am almost as excited to watch, if not more excited to watch in black and gold this year, is number six. Darlington Nagby, for me, is the acquisition of the offseason in Major League Soccer. And I know that's pretty strong words, but I guess I'm biased because my team and I, <laughs> if there was a guy I could go out and get for Caleb Porter after watching last year, if there was one type of player that I would have plucked off of a, a roster uh, in MLS that isn't like Joseph Martinez, right? Guys who just are, or Carlos Vela. All right, I'd take him. Guys <laughs> accounted for 50 goals almost last year. Yeah, those guys, that's, that's a different level. But I'm saying of... The, the players that routinely change hands in MLS and guys that are of a skill set that do sometimes get traded or move on in MLS, Darlington Nagby would be the guy I would have targeted from day one. They obviously wanted him pretty much since Caleb Porter's been in the door, and now they've got him. If you watched in the preseason, and I know that's dangerous watching in the preseason and reading too much into that, but every time this guy got the ball in the middle of the field, he was able to very quickly assess where the ball needed to get Get it out of it, get it off his foot, move up. And if there was a space to be taken, he would dribble up into it and then immediately release. He put the crew's offense in motion so many times, he's not going to get the big assist total that you might 
think. At least I don't expect him to. He's. I don't expect him to have 15 assists. I don't expect him to have 10 goals. Although I'm, he's quite capable of putting up offensive numbers. We've seen him do it in MLS. But what I expect is he is going to be the one getting the ball back for the crew as needed and then instantly turning and getting this team into a different gear. Uh, I've actually compared him to a transmission in a car where <laughs> you just you've been on the freeway if you've ever been in a car that has a stick shift or a shiftable transmission at least and you are stuck behind a slower traffic car but you're all going like 60 miles an hour and everybody's just kind of bleh. suddenly a lane opens up if you ever have dropped a car from like fourth gear into third gear and then you zip past everyone and then get back into fourth and then get up to fifth and you're just boom, you just fly past everyone that's where Darlington Nagby excels getting this game, getting this team in a game where everything's kind of going at a certain rate of speed, and then he just gets the ball, turns, and quickly shifts this offense into gear. That's where I think Darlington Nagby's biggest strength is, and it's a thing that I just – I think it's going to be hard to watch as a a novice soccer fan or a newer soccer fan or someone who doesn't like to, you know, appreciate the part of the game that involves, you know, in between the big saves and the big goals – that part of the game is is something that I value and enjoy, and I know a lot of soccer fans obviously do. He's going to be that guy. He's going to be fun to watch, and I'm I'm excited about it. Uh, so he's as big of a key to me as Lucas Zellerion is. Then you look at the you know other additions, Vito Wormhor, who we're going to talk to in a little bit. You know, I really like what he's bringing from a toughness standpoint, a leadership standpoint. Seems to be very tactically aware. You know, a physical presence back there, a big guy who can do the dirty work. And and you pair him with Jonathan Metz, who's also a big physical guy who can do the dirty work. And now maybe there's some uh, question of speed between the two of them. You know, I don't know. I've, again, I've only watched Vito Vermhor play on video in highlights in other leagues that are not MLS. So it's hard to say what his rate of speed is going to be like compared to MLS speed. I don't know. But... He seems like he's a guy who understands the game a bit and knows where to be, and I like that. And I think that the physical presence there is going to be something a little different than what we've seen in the past. Um, I'm excited to watch that particular development as well. Yeah, this team, and, and, and in addition to this team almost, that is not even really, he's not necessarily even an addition in the sense that he's on the team, but Milton Valenzuela, getting him back, folks, if you didn't watch his rookie year, that's good. I, I I want you to just go in with no expectations. You will be blown away by this guy if you have no expectations. If you have high expectations, just think you're still going to be pretty happy. But if you have no expectations for him and you don't remember what he looked like his rookie year, prepare to be amazed. This guy's good. And I, I'm again, that's another thing where now Milton Valenzuela, pretty good in the old system, looking forward to see what he does in the new system that require that that values counterattacking, the values you know, turning the ball over and moving up the field quickly as opposed to a possession-based, you know, uh, style that they had in the previous regime under Greg Berhalter. I'm really excited to see what it looks like. I really can't wait to find out. But I have my <laughs> I have my hopes. Uh, Luis Diaz is, again, an addition middle of the season last year. He's got now a full offseason to train with this team to get positionally what they want to do. Eunice Mokhtar, same thing. Additional guy brought in midway through the year. Now he's got those two are, I think going to be split minutes. I, I do think both of them are going to factor in a little bit uh, in, in what the crew want to do this year. 
So, and obviously we know the other pieces, right? Jossie, Pedro, I mean, there's there's talent there. Artur is going to be interesting to watch next to Darlington Nagby. How the two of them grow together will be certainly something to keep an eye on. And I think we've talked about everybody but Harrison Awful, who you could argue the last three years, Harrison Awful, Har- Harrison Awful has been probably the best player on the team week in, week out. Uh, health and everything else factoring in, but man, he's been he's been great, and he he's almost like he's just so solid. He's almost like an afterthought. I mean, that it's speaking of afterthoughts, I haven't mentioned another guy who was a revelation last year, an Aloy Room, who what a pickup that guy was. What a you have one of the best goaltenders in MLS, just out of nowhere, just oh we just snagged this guy, not out of nowhere, right? He was playing for Curacao and he was doing great for them, but. Getting to watch that guy for a full season after losing Zach Steffen, you wondered who would replace him, and this is who they brought in. Love it. By the way, he and Vito, you know, fellow guys who are fellow countrymen, you know, they they played in the same leagues. They understand this is this is a good thing. Eunice Mokhtar, another guy who uh, culturally, same type of place that Vito Wormhorst coming from. So there's good integration in this roster. You know, you have a couple of Argentine guys, right, in Milton Valenzuela, now pairing with Lucas Zellerayan, not that they play next to each other on the field, but there's connections that this team has. We obviously know the Ghanan connection that you have between Mensa and Harrison Afoul and others who have been with the team. It's great to see that there's a, a good little community developing on this team already. They haven't even started playing. I'm excited for it. Can't wait to watch it. I think I've said I'm excited for it about 50 times in this podcast, so I apologize for that. But yeah, this this to me is a this is a playoff team, bare minimum. I do think the crew have they missed the playoffs this year. It's it's a big problem. And we, we have to have very big conversations then about the direction of this team because I don't understand how they don't make the playoffs given the talent they've brought in and given the talent the rest of the league has. Not that the rest of the league set on their hands, but look, MLS is competitive. And in Toronto, I talked about them in the conference previews. I don't think they're going to be as good this year. They still have a ton of talent from a team that went to MLS Cup. They very well could be a cup contender again. Um, I said that I doubted what New York Red Bulls are going to do, even though they were a playoff team last year. They lost some talent. I don't think they've adequately replaced it, but they've got a USL team that's one of the best USL rosters that that every year churns out more talent that gives them reinforcements. So they could easily be back in the mix, you know, let alone Chicago made good additions this offseason. They just signed a DP like a week ago from Argentina, so we don't know how that's going to go. There's a lot of talent in this Eastern Conference. New England is great. It's I'm not saying the crew should just walk into the conference finals or to an MLS Cup berth. I'm saying if they don't make the playoffs, given the talent they've brought in, I think pound for pound, looking at these rosters, the crew go too deep at every spot, and they have top-level talent that should, by the end of the year, Lucas Zellerayan should be winning you games if he's not earlier. Um, I think you've got that talent. Jossie Zardes should be in a 15 to 20 goal. I, I'll say 18 to 20 goal guy. That's where he should be. At the He should be there with the service he's going to get and the attention that's going to be paid to all these other guys around him. Yeah, if he can finish, that's a big question. But Jossie knows that. If he can go out and finish, this is a guy who could get you 20 goals easy. So what does that look like in this lineup? I think that's pretty good. So without further ado, I will stop talking about the crew for now, and I will talk with the crew.
We'll talk with Vito Wormhor now on Boat and Beam United. His name is Vito Wormhor. Vito, did I say your name right, first of all? And if I didn't, I'm sorry. Perfect. You said it, uh, you said it perfect. <laughs> Very good. I'm excited. So uh, let's talk about your initial impression. You guys just got back from training. Obviously, you've got the home opener this Sunday at Mafre Stadium against New York City FC. What's your uh, initial impressions of uh, training with the team and, and how the preseason went? Yeah, it was a was of course it was a long preseason. Uh, it was a hard preseason. We did a lot. Uh, we trained hard, but also I think uh, this preseason was, uh, especially for me, it was good because then you get to know the the boys, you get to know the the team, um, you get some yeah you get a little bit closer to each other, and uh, I think that's very important for the group. Uh, I can tell you that we have a nice group now, very talented guys uh, with some other the older. Uh, very uh, very good professionals, very good uh, football players. And um, yeah, what I said, it was a long preseason. Um, um, yeah, we did a lot, we trained a lot, uh, and now of course we we try to um, yeah to to bring it back on on Sunday. And uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I look forward to the to the game on Sunday. How difficult is it when you have a bit of a layoff? And I know you were you were in season before you transferred in here, so you've kind of been in season mode at least for a little bit of the year uh prior to this but how hard is it to kind of get going after you're in preseason training you try to replicate the toughness of an actual match but i'm sure there's nothing that replaces that when you run out on the field and the crowd is there how how hard is it to get going once the season starts yeah but what you said um my season was also i was also off season so and all was also like uh the seasons, uh, the season was was ended over there. So for me, it was also like a preseason, of course, uh, like a normal one. And um, yeah, I had to uh, get used to the, the the time difference. I had to get used to like, I think I traveled one day, like 24 hours to to come here in Columbus. So it was not the um, yeah the perfect way to start. But uh, yeah, in the end, we handled it. And uh, what you say, yeah, this, yeah, there's more. I think for a professional football player and, and for like a sporter, it's more easy to play in front of like uh, 50,000 uh, people on the stands than than play for maybe 10 on on the stands um, because then you know that you that you are playing for them and, and it will go automatic. And uh, sometimes the pre, those those uh, preseason uh, games uh, you need to get through it, but uh, I think those games are very important uh, to to um, <clears throat> yeah to have like uh, some kind of uh, uh, exam, you know, and what 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 kind of things you want to show um, and, and bring uh, bring up during like the the real games, uh, for example, the game on Sunday. So those those, those preseason games are very important, but you have to get through it, get through it, and uh, um, sometimes hard, but um, yeah, you need to you need to do it. So you mentioned that uh, there's a lot of good guys on the team, a lot of talented players on the team. You're going to be lined up next to Jonathan Mensa, who's obviously a veteran of this league now. He's been here for quite a few years, uh, one of the leaders on this team. You were a leader, too. You were a captain where you've played before in Norway and elsewhere. Um, how has your guys' partnership formed at the, the time you've gotten to know each other? Yeah, I think from day one, I can I can tell you already that we have this bond. We feel this bond. We are good with each other. Uh, but not only with uh, Jonathan, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm good with a lot of people. Uh, uh, in the team, um, and not only like for example the first eleven, but also I like to hang out and talk with those guys who are like, uh, yeah, who are like in the squad, you know, and, and maybe will not start on Sunday, but 
I think that that is the, the most important that we are like stay together, uh, close to each other, and that we have the right uh, connections with the whole team and not with uh, with one of two. Of course, sometimes you have a better bond with with one of two players, uh, and I can tell you now already. Of course, I have a little bit uh, a better bond with Yunus uh, and and Eloy and the, the two other Dutchies, but. For me, it's very important to have also like a good connection with those guys who are like also very important um, for the team, uh, and uh, and not maybe uh, again that it will start on Sunday. But uh, those guys are so important; they 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 need to be there, and they are there. Um, they bring every training like 100%, and they yeah they need to be ready also when they have to come in. So, um, but in the end, yeah, the, the connection with me and and Jonathan is there. Um, when I'm talking for myself, I don't know how he's like seeing the the relationship, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm and again, I look I look forward to uh, to uh, play against him, and uh, and again, I think I can learn a lot from him from his uh, winner's mentality and uh, and uh, leadership, and and I try to be also like a, uh, a leader, and then uh, on my own uh, on my own way. So I see that uh, you know there was a just something released from the crew about the new training facility. It's going to be breaking ground and hopefully we'll be ready to go next year. I don't know if you've had a chance to look yeah. at those videos. I'm sure you've seen images, certainly, of the new stadium that's being constructed, too. Um, all of those things, yeah. are those things that factor into a decision when you're looking at, well, I'd like to come to America. There's an opportunity with the crew. Do you look at things like that? Or is that something that they actually give you some info on as you're making your decision? Yeah, I think they show me also like a video when, uh, when I was talking with Pat. On set on uh, in Amsterdam when he came and visited me, um, he showed me also a little bit like uh, uh, yeah about the future, and um, uh, and and yeah when I saw it uh, I thought okay this uh, yeah I want to be part of this uh, of this amazing club uh, club, so um, yeah that uh, that was uh, for me a big uh, uh, yeah a big a, a big how do you say it um, thing. Uh, a, a good thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's something that is you might find as you're here with Columbus Crew fans, we've been told for almost our entire existence that, you know, guys from Europe won't want to come to piddly old Columbus, Ohio. It's a tiny little town. Why would someone who's lived in, you know, a big city in Europe want to come here? And then yet, I mean, I know you seem to have obviously a good family life. You seem like you're someone that family's important to you, but you have the opportunity to play all over the world and you've chosen to come to Columbus. So what do you think of that, that narrative, that story that people tell that Columbus isn't a place that soccer players would want to come from Europe? Yeah, I think it's, it's funny because I think a lot of like people in Holland are thinking the same as, as, as what I do and how I think, uh, yeah, um, of course it is a little bit personal, but, um, yeah, I, I like, like the, the way how, how like, uh, American people are like um, you know, standing in, in in the life, like how they will get their life, how they will live the life, and, and yeah, for me it's like a personal. Um, yeah, I like it, uh, and so um, I was. I think a couple of years ago, I was talking already uh, with my agent, and I said, yeah, this life I want to live, and uh, and also with my family. So, and I talked about it also with my wife, and she she was yeah was she, she, we were telling the same, and we. We were thinking like the same about it. So, uh, and 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 now the the opportunity was there. So uh, again, uh, so um, yeah. And this time we we grabbed it, and uh, yeah, now I'm here. 
Yeah. Uh, anybody who follows you on Instagram can certainly see that your family's a big part of your life, your wife, your kids. Uh, did I see correctly that you just had another uh, baby early in January? Is that so? Yeah. Congratulations yeah, yeah. on four, that. Four daughters now. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> I've got three daughters, so I'm, I've got to play catch-up, but okay. uh, I can relate okay, a little bit. Yeah. I saw that in your uh, nice. in your bio it said that you're a big fan of, or you've watched plenty of Disney movies, I assume, with the children. Do you have a favorite uh, Disney movie that you've <laughs> gravitated to? Uh, no, but uh, I can tell you most of the times when we, when we, for example, watch Disney movies uh, at home, um, after maybe t- 30, 40 minutes, I'm the only one who's still watching, and uh, the, the girls are, like, <laughs> playing with other things and stuff. So, uh, no, like The Lion King, I like a lot. So, uh, yeah. I know, you know, those Disney movies, I like them. Yeah. yeah, that's a classic for sure. I recommend Coco. If you've never seen Coco, that one will be uh, one that will make you cry. The lizard, right? Uh, Coco is the one with the, the little boy who it's uh, it's in Mexico. Oh, and okay. it's, yeah, it's very good. It's about him. Okay. He loves to play guitar. Okay. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. It's very good. Um, okay. So, yeah, good another personal question, kind of. Uh, I saw in your bio that you like to make yeah. you like to make sushi. How did that start, yes. and how long have you been doing that? Would you consider yourself a sushi master? <laughs> uh, that you need to ask others. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, it is it's more like uh, I like it a lot, and I like it a lot. I like uh, yesterday in the evening I was eating sushi with Elrod. Yeah. And uh, what does well, he I say? Like does he think you're good at it? Does he say your sushi is good? No, or do but you... I did not. I did not make this my, my myself yet, so uh, no. I need to figure. I'm still in the hotel, so uh, oh, okay. uh, I bought a, I bought a house, so that, that's a good uh, that's a good thing. So now we can make some new uh, next steps, and then for example, when I have my like when we have uh, our own own place, then uh, then those things, then I will cook, and then I will make the sushi again. So uh, then I will maybe send uh, send some sushi to. Uh, your way oh absolutely i'd love to try it maybe at the housewarming party you can make a bunch of sushi for everybody that you invite yeah (laughs) exactly i will um so i guess maybe we should talk a little more soccer very quickly before we let you go since you know that's your primary profession sushi is a secondary love um but exactly (laughs) uh your rapport with uh caleb porter uh he came in here last year crew fans certainly would have liked to seen better results last year but that was a team in transition uh, he's now brought in a lot of players that he believes in. You're one of those guys. Uh, you know, how, how has yeah. your rapport been with him? And, and what do you think tactically of, you know, how you plan, how you guys plan to attack this year? Yeah, I think I like, I liked a lot what I, um, uh, what I saw the, the last preseason, the, the, the preseason, um, the last three years I was of course playing in, in, in Norway and, um, and, and, and I, I like the, the, the trainer that I had over there. It was, a um, was a good, yeah, was a good guy, but but not the best tactical trainer. And here, um, yeah, I have so many things that I say say and can say now already. Okay, this is so much better than than I um, than I than I uh, had before. So uh, yeah, um, I, I love to train. I love to train. I love to work with uh, with Caleb and uh, and and the things what he's saying. I, I believe in it. So. Uh, and now it's up to us to uh, to show it on the pitch, and uh, um, and I think also he's like um, yeah he's open for for other things, so you can talk with him and, and talk about football, and uh, and you see that he's like a, a football monster, like on a, a positive way, like a, a football uh, football animal. 
So uh, a soccer animal, I need to say, and uh, I think that's also a positive thing. He will, he will, he, will, he lives uh, football, soccer, and uh, yeah, that's that's a good thing. So I like to work, uh, uh, yeah, with him a lot. No, you can keep calling it football. We like football around here. We like soccer around here. So either way, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it works for us. Uh, I guess final question for you is: uh, so New York City coming in. Hopefully, the weather will be a little, a little warmer. But then again, you've spent your career playing in Norway and. In the exactly. air to VC, so it's <laughs> you probably wouldn't mind if it's a little cold, a little rainy. But uh, thoughts on this game this weekend? What do you guys have to do to kind of help neutralize what New York City likes to do on offense? Yeah, I think they are very good in offense. I think they um, they, they they want to play, and especially between the lines, and uh, they have some good football players. Uh, um, and we're gonna we're gonna train about how how we will stop them uh, the upcoming days. So. Uh, yeah, again, I'm looking very forward to uh, to Sunday uh, to play for the for the for, yeah for the real points and uh, um, but yeah, it's gonna be hard. Uh, I think they showed uh, last year and they showed uh, what they were able to. So uh, yeah, again, we need to uh, yeah find the, the right uh, the right things to uh, to break them down and um, and to stop them and uh, and and to win the game on Sunday. Very good stuff. Vito, we appreciate the time. Best of luck going forward on Sunday and throughout the rest of the year, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you again soon. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. (laughs) All right, big thanks to Vito for coming on. That was fun. He's a good dude. Again, the crew, Sunday, 1230. Watch them on TV, or better yet, come out and watch the game live. Go be at the home opener. It's going to be a nice day. Let's have some fun. Let's party. Let's tailgate. Let's go watch the crew go hopefully get three points off of New York City FC. And let's hope that by the end of this deal, we're looking at a team that should be able to once again compete at least for a playoff spot, if not more. Lots to be hopeful for with this 2020 Columbus Crew season. Thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with all of our podcasts this week. More to come next week right here on Bone and Beam United. You've been listening to Bone and Beam United.